Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone. It is Friday, May 1st, opening of shed season. I am still COVID and syphilis free, and I have one of my Hedro life mates, Cody Covey, across from me. What's up, dude? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. So a lot of people, uh, Cody is not an Insta-famous dude, but he does kill more shit than who'd have thought it. So uh, you... Uh, are a transplant. You came from Vermont, right? Yeah, man. I grew up in Vermont. I spent my whole life there. Uh, got hired on out of school by a construction outfit. I was going to move here anyway because I wanted to ski and, and chase critters, and it all worked out. I came out here with a job, which was sweet because I didn't know if I was going to have a job. <laughs> and uh, I've been here like 10 years. Mm. I think I I met you in King Supers initially, didn't I? Yeah, man. I actually remember it like... No homo. <laughs> we were... We had shot on the range before, not together, but I'd seen you out there, and then we bumped into each other at King Supers and started shooting the shit, and then I think I met you like the first couple months I was here, probably. Yeah, 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 That was, that's crazy. That was a decade ago. That was not too far off from my roid days. I was probably still be, a bit beefy at that time. Yeah, dude, you were kind of scary. I was like a 22-year-old, 175-pound guy and saw you on the range, and I'm like, that guy looks like he might break me in half if I say something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so- you now you're a general contractor, aren't you? Yeah, I work for a GC. I'm a superintendent, so a lot of hours. But you know, as I've worked my way up, I get more time off, and that time off is what I how I do my hunting actually, other than being a weekend warrior. Yeah, well, you've had good success, and like I said, not to make fun of social media, but I'm just kidding. I am going to make fun of social media. You get a lot of guys like Cody that uh, kill a ton of shit, but if you got on a chat forum, let's say. No one other than the low, you know, obviously our inner circle and other guys that, you know, just general friends that know you, uh, you could lose an argument to a guy that shot one animal in the last seven years because you don't have that status, uh, <laughs> which is fucking weird <laughs> to me. Uh, but you've shot multiple uh, animals on public land over the last, uh, since you've you've been here and you've drawn some pretty decent tags, but you also go back and hunt uh, Kansas and different states. What are some of the different animals you've taken over the last few years? Oh, let's see. I've shot, uh, elk, pronghorn, bear, whitetails, mule deer, mountain goat, turkeys, um, pretty much anything I get a tag for I've killed. Um, still waiting on drawing the big ones here, but I mean, every year I, I get three to four weeks to hunt and I split that up between here with the big game season, a couple days for spring turkey, and then the Midwest, um, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, wherever I can bounce around to and, and get a tag. Yeah, you shot, uh, you killed a good whitetail last year, didn't you? Yeah, I shot, um, he was like a 160 type deer. Um, he had some extras. Really cool hunt. Nice year. First time I had hung that stand, uh, scouted it with my dad and brother, picked a tree. And yeah, had a good win that first night and he came in and I killed him like at 18 yards and it was cool, man. It was, um, it was my best, my best white tail with a bow for sure. What, uh, what's your stats? What do you, I, I, uh, bow wise, um, in fact, we should also talk about your stats. I believe you did not listen to me about your arrow set for quite some time. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> dude, salt in the wound. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. How, well. What's your arrow and bow and everything set up? Now, you've been a long-time Bowtech guy, haven't you? Yeah, I've shot Bowtechs for 10 years and just because I think they're the best on the market and people I'm gonna get some hate for that. I don't really care. Um, they're the most tunable um, and best shooting for me. 
But yeah, I, I shoot a Revolt X, 72 pounds. Uh, I'm short. Well, I'm not really short, but I have short arms and legs. So 28 inch draw, uh, 490 grain arrow. Um, and I'm an expandable guy. Probably get some shit for that too. But fixed blades are cool. I've killed stuff with them, but I prefer an expandable because sometimes I shoot stuff from a little ways away um, and they fly good. Yeah. Well, what uh, the inside joke there. Um... I think, what were you shooting, a 400 grain arrow with a mechanical or a 410? Yeah, I'll, you want me to tell the story? Might as well. <laughs> All right, so uh, 20, 28th, was this last year? No, maybe, yeah, it was last year, I guess last elk season. My dad and brother came out to hunt elk for their first time, and we went on a seven-day backpack trip, and there was a giant deer in this basin. I had a deer tag um, in our unit, and we glassed him up first thing. He bedded in a really good spot, like 12-4. I did a giant loop around him, dropped my boots, came over the top of him. It was a chip shot. I mean, it was like 42 yards. He's in his bed. And I was shooting a 410-grain gold tip. Great arrows, by the way, but light um, for my setup and an expandable. And I pulled a complete boner and shot him in the shoulder, and I got zero penetration, snapped that thing off like an inch and a half up the shaft and i watched the deer run out of my life forever man it was a heartbreak it's like a 200 inch mule deer man yeah i um well my story of going to heavy arrows is not <laughs> not to, it's fun okay so as we're talking bob from we had him on the podcast he's he's a legend in my book he owns a performance uh, archery in california tons of videos had a world record grizzly he, Alex, Nestor, Big Ginger, guided him last year, and it came up, you know, who the fuck is Aaron Snyder because I have all these guys come in my shop wanting heavy arrows and shit, and he was making fun of me. He's very funny. He calls me and makes funny all the time now. And I, he was like, Bob, I'm not telling everyone to shoot 275 up front. I shoot a stick bow with 300 up front, but I'm just saying a heavier arrow sometimes is, is better. And I had, well, one of the years when I went to the territories and I came back, I shot that bull and I didn't hit the shoulder and you didn't necessarily hit the, you didn't hit the knuckle. You just hit the scapula. Yeah. I hit the scapula of a bull with a gold tip kinetic chaos that Sheila half out fucking snapped the half out. So all my momentum a shooting 570 grain arrow with an 88 pound bow stopped. I mean it literally, if you could watch, I'm jamming my pencil into my fucking hand and it did that right out. I was like, which should have with that. And I was, I mean, that was with a fixed blade. And it's still because of the, all that momentum broke off at that half out. Well, in your case, that expandable, I've been getting Cody shit. Not, I didn't give you, I just occasionally subtly hinted to you, you probably should shoot a heavier arrow. That's going to bite you in the ass. If you go, and I encourage everyone to do this, if you take a, if this is the scale you stand on my computer here to see if you're fat, and you take a two by uh, four and go up, drill a hole, put an arrow in it screw a broadhead on the end of it take a deer hide push it over the top watch the weight four pounds fix a good cut on contact fixed blade goes through and i'm a i'm a mechanical fan i like mechanicals nap nap kill zone 48 fucking pounds to get that to go through the hide well i was i shot a bull and a mule deer the same year and a white tail Mule deer was the same story as yours, except I was at 22 yards, came in above, and it was one of those more of a straight down angle. And I think what I hit was the top of that scapula and split it, and that fucking arrow just, thunk, 
and was sticking out of it and ran off and then flipped out of it. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking not cool. And I was shooting a 408 grain arrow, 70 something pound bow. Um, so you came back and we were shooting at the range and that's when you told me that what happened, I think, right? Yeah, yep, it yeah. was. And then I think I made the switch like that week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell Henry, I was like, it works till it doesn't. Henry, yeah. Because Henry shoots light arrows and it may never be an issue. It just seems like when it turns into an issue, it's one of the largest animals you've ever had in front of you in your life. And you, you know, something like that, that happens. And I don't, I like fixed blades and I like mechanicals and I think both ha- are good at certain, you know, times. And so I don't, uh, I can't imagine anybody's giving you shit, going to give you shit because you're not shooting them because you can't tune. You like the hole that it puts in the animal. Yeah, correct. I mean, I can get anything to fly. You know, I, I do my own bow work and I'm pretty anal about it. You've seen, you know, nobody touches my bow except for maybe you. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I mean, that's good. And that's one of the things, too, I, I, I've always appreciated about your respected you is you don't hit the easy button and hop on social media and, and text a guy 7,000 questions that you could answer on your own. You'll just go fuck with it and, and figure it out if you get stumped. Um, you know, you just kind of dig a little deeper, might ask questions. But you've tuned your bows forever and figured it out, for the most part, on your own. Yeah, I mean, my brother, um, he's a big bow hunter, big whitetail guy, um, kills some really nice shit. Um, but he, he taught me a lot of what I know, you know, because he was the first guy in my life to own a press, you know, and, and if I have a question and if I'm really stumped, I'll call him. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I just, I put it in the press and I start twisting stuff <laughs> and moving rests and sights until I can figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what's your, what are you shooting now for a broadhead and arrow? I think rage is what you said. What arrow? Uh, it's a uh, day six. It's their three fifty HD three fifty, and then sever two point one. Um, I shot rages forever. I know people talk a lot of shit about rages, and <laughs> I've lost some stuff with them, but it was due to a marginal shot, or I've just made a piss poor shot. Um, but uh, the severs have been good. I shot four or five animals with them last year, big game animals, and they just they bleed good. They leave a giant hole, and I put one of those through that whitetail's scapula last year. Yeah. I mean, dro- drove it right through. It was 18 yards, close shot, but, I mean, he died in 25 yards. Yeah. Well, and what's that uh, that day six way? The arrow alone or the total setup? Total setup. 490. Yeah, 490 grains like on the dot. Yeah, which is, man, anything, once you get, I mean, of course, people, you know, hear what I'm saying, not what you want to hear. If you got a 26-inch draw, probably not going to be able to shoot a 490-grain arrow or a 550 and get decent speed. That's when the cut-on contacts come into play when you got to shoot. Like with Amy, Amy's shooting 27-and-a-half-inch draw but 45 pounds. But she's zipping through. She shot that out, Dad, in the ass, got in a, in, up, went into the uh, stomach eight inches. And people, I've had people message me about, I can't believe you talk about that. I'm like, oh, I know. We're all Jesus Christ. We're all perfect. Right. Fuck shit happens, right? <laughs> I mean, it hopped when she shot from one and I think it's 38 yards. It wasn't a super far shot. Um, when, when she hit it, you know, I've got a pretty good situation. I'm paying attention and I'm liking the binos. I'm like, oh, fuck, you hit it in them for moral. She doesn't know. You know, Amy, she started hunting. She doesn't know what a femoral is. And I'm like, that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. She's like, it was way in the ass. I'm like, it's like shooting it in the heart. But it's in the ass. 
and you can see she's trying to, and I'm like, look, it runs straight to the heart. You're good. And, uh, but when I got to it, I was like, geez, she got 18 inches of penetration. So it's not like you have to have a heavy arrow all the time. You can get it done. And I'm going to get messages from tons of people that you shot a 375 bull with a 390 grain arrow. And I am proud of you for that. That's awesome. But you probably hit it in the right spot. It's when you don't that, that issues come into play. And now you can shoot pretty much anything anywhere, even with a mechanical in North America and not anywhere, but within reason. And you're not going to have any issues. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and I hear those guys, I shot my first elk when I moved here with my whitetail set, it was a 375 grain arrow. Yeah. I shot a cow. I mean, it was 52 yards or something and yeah, she died. I hit her in the right spot. You know, it, it can be done. It's just when you, when you make a marginal shot, it, it helps you out. I remember on, on both site, this was years ago cause I don't get on that fucking website anymore, but, uh, you know what, you know, newcomer, what arrow weight do you need for an elk? And uh, this one guy, he's a runner. I think it was on a private ranch. Not that that matters, but big bull laying on the ground, 375 grain arrow, nuff said. Well, then I found out that's his only elk, right? And I'm like, well, hold on. And so you run into different issues and scenarios while you're you're hunting where, well, gear. I mean, I don't, we hang out all the time. So, I, you know, I always bring it up to people um, – your gear is right until it's not, and then it's amazingly wrong until it's right again, and then until it's wrong after that. And what I mean by, you know, let's say um, Cody's not exactly the pinnacle of fitness, but he stays in, in very good shape. So you can carry pretty much whatever you want in, but you're weight conscientious. If you go ultra lightweight and you hike in and get blasted by a storm, that storm's probably going to make you not as ultra lightweight as you did when you went in. Yeah. So then you're probably going to take too much shit and you're going to have a 12 mile hike in, and then you're going to go back to being ultra lightweight. And then after a few years, like your gear's probably not going to change much from where it is now. Mine's pretty much the same because it can handle all these different scenarios. But as I'm talking way too much, how many times have you just had your ass kicked on the mountain where you're like, fuck this gear and wanting to switch gear failure, shit like that? Oh, in the first few years, a lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot, man. I, I, so my first hunt out here, I knew shit about anything backcountry related. <laughs> I mean, I, I hunted with an LL Bean external aluminum frame pack that I got at the yard sale for seven bucks. I mean, I was a broke <laughs> college kid and I didn't have uh, a stove. So I'd cook, you know, five or six packs of ramen noodles at once, put them in a Ziploc bag, put them behind my water bladder to try to keep them cold, you know, to eat them. <laughs> like I got my ass kicked a bunch and I came off the mountain soaking wet, um, tents failed, sleeping bags that were cheap that didn't keep me warm and I'd freeze. Um, you know, I never came off for food um, or anything like that, but gear related a shit ton until I, until I figured it out, you know. Yeah. Luckily, when you're built like us, you can go a few days without food. Yeah, just start eating my own body fat. <laughs> yeah. The, um, like, footwear and things like that, clothing, like, I know clothing, obviously, is progression a lot of times just from money, right? It's, it's good clothing's expensive, but, like, footwear, what do you wear now for, for boots going in on backpack hunts? So, I wear a full leather. It's a Mendel, um, uninsulated. Um, I wish I could remember the name, but they're, like, six years old. And then they stopped making them. It was the Mendel's by Cabela's, and I tried... Pretty much all of them, except for like a mountaineering boot. And these ones just, they do not leak. 
Um, they're comfortable, and I can hike forever in them. My feet do not get sore. They're Denali. That's what they are, the Mendel Denali. And I think, um, actually, a, a lot of people have been saying that still don't make that boot because a lot of people wore it. But I wear, I have some all-leather boots, and I have synthetic, and then I, I have um, some more mountaineering type. Anyway, I try to explain to people, like, when you go with a synthetic boot, it's it's going to leak a lot faster than a oh, yeah. leather boot. And you can do – the membrane for Gore-Tex gets penetrated very easy by thorns and shit. Once it's penetrated, there's a hole in your, your membrane. It's going to leak. It's not the boot's fault. Well, some boots just suck, and it is their fault. With leather, you don't even need Gore-Tex that much. I have some Yukon – that's the one I was going to tell you about. The It's like a that Denali. Um from from Hanvog, it's a Yukon leather line. There's no Gore-Tex. As long as you throw some shit on that thing occasionally, some waterproofing, probably never going to leak, and your foot breathes better because there's no Gore-Tex in it. Um, I think people hear that Gore-Tex thing, and it does help. Um, but if you, I mean, a leather boot is going to do far better than than a synthetic when it comes to being waterproof, unless you just never poke a hole in the in the membrane. But you. What, probably took six years before you got your shit dialed in? Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate, five, six years, um, until I figured out you what I needed. coming to Snyder's Deer Corner is what <laughs> <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> Snyder sponsors me full time. That's my only sponsorship in the hunting community. <laughs> um, yeah, five, six years um, of fucking stuff up and figuring out what gear worked and what gear didn't, and now I'm a creature habit. Man, I don't like changing stuff up because I know the shit in my pack works. Frank's kind of the same way. I'm, I'm in a, I like goofing around with different stuff. The thing people, you know, I try to explain to them is look that when the important hunts come up, the same shit's in my pack for all important hunts. Like I'm goofing around with a lot of other stuff, but when, when it's a serious hunt, I take in, you know, what I need. I, uh, I, I recently started screwing around, you know, I always wear that Garmin 401 for a GPS. Yep. This thing, I got a Garmin instinct tactical and, uh, then Amy reappropriated it from me, and now this is a <laughs> Phoenix 6 Solar. I might switch to these. I might not use that 401. Uh, it's been comical. So Amy um, is like a taller, older version of, of Cody's fiance. Um, they're both Italian and crazy as shit. Yeah, and they're mean. Yeah, they Just definitely kidding. can be. No. <laughs> um, but Amy, um, your, your fiance is is uh has been an outdoor gal her her whole life or for quite a while where amy's just getting into it but i don't think either one of them know how to navigate worth the damn so i've been trying to teach amy how to use, use the fucking gps right yeah and we were we dumped off into staunton state park the other day and um norris bring this up we we're gonna call you guys see if you wanted to go and so we hiked for anyway and and i had her mark a waypoint at the house and i said all right there's a track back and i said you can't fuck this up no matter where you go it's pointing home and I said, so I'm going to go my way, and then you're going to go home this other way. And whatever way that is, you decide. Um, she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, it tells you no matter where you move, it's got an arrow pointing to home. So navigate around rough shit and, and get back home. You know, if it looks bad, go down a little farther, cut up. She's like, well, what way are you going to go? And I'm like, well, I'm going straight the fuck up because I'm hungry and I'm going to cook steak. So you go however you want. And... um she did not like that shit at all. Um, she, you know, I'm trying to, she wants to backpack hunt. So I'm trying to get her prepared for the pain and anguish of backpack hunting. And as you know, Amy is very spoiled when it comes to gear. She hadn't had a cheat. She didn't go through what Cody and I did. She, 
out the gate running a Hilleberg Kafaru packs, fucking like a Noctavid binoculars. She hasn't had to suffer very much sure, yet. Yeah. So how much hunting have you done uh, with your fiance and how much have you guys had any like knockdown drag outs hunting? I know you have at home. We all have, but <laughs> uh, man, we hunted together all of elk season last year. It is the first time I've ever hunted with a significant other. And I'll tell you, I had a blast. She was there when I shot that bull at 28 yards yeah. and she was hype train. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, Emily's she's fucking gang gang, man. I mean, she gets up a mountain and she grew up hunting with her dad. He was always a hunter, big waterfowl guy, but always hunted big game when they were little kids, you know, he'd make her pack critters out and stuff. And, um, a funny story about navigation is she had to leave a day earlier than me last year on a hunt. And I hiked her in, you know, two and a half, three miles, not a bomb, but I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things that's tough to navigate cause you got to cross two or three basins to get to where we're going. Yeah. And I marked it on the GPS on the way up. And she went out in the dark the next morning, man, got back to the truck, texted me when she was back in town. I was like. Did she use the GPS to come back? Yep. That's what I was trying to get with Amy was her comfort in knowing what she did with the GPS was right that will lead her home. Right. Like that even though it seems wrong or even though you're going around shit, the arrow moves with you. Right. Like it's going to keep telling you how to get there. And that's why that's exactly why I wanted Amy to do that is. There may be times that she says, fuck it, I don't want to hunt anymore. There may be times she's selling a house and she has to go back and try. So I'm, you know, part of it's selfish because I don't want to be so fucking paranoid when she's heading back. And so that was kind of our experiment for what you guys did of her going back to the truck because, you know, eight digit grid coordinates and terrain association, if you're like, she's never had to do it. Emily may have where. I was, uh, the last, what I was thinking is if we hiked into the mule deer area for scouting and do you know how fucking horrible that is? And, uh, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, head back. Uh, by the way, we cut trail to get here. So you're going to have to hike back home on a trail that you've never been on. And the arrow is going to be doing all kinds of shit because you're taking a trail back, not bushwhacking. So I was trying to explain to her all that, but sounds like that's good. She was a trooper and went right back. Yeah, no, it was uh it was cool, man. She's um she's all about it too, which is cool. You know, sometimes you you always hear of of uh girlfriends or wives that, that wanna hunt, but then they get out there and they say this sucks and you find yourself packing out um early and it was never that way with her. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna try with Amy, um, depending upon the tag situation that we may have going on, like if we tag out, Cody and I are probably gonna end up hunting elk together, hopefully. Um just head out, especially me, Emily, I want to go and all four of us, like yeah. on an over the counter and just see how it goes. Cause she has, I don't think people realize how taxing even whitetail hunting or turkey hunting, cause you got to get up so early and get in the, like Amy's fucking zoinked, dude. When she gets home from a early turkey hunt, cause we, it doesn't get dark in Texas until fucking nine. Right. So then. You got to wait till they roost, sneak out, drive back, cook dinner, um, you know, go to bed, your bed at 10 something. And then you're up at fucking four to get back in the blind. Well, I'm like, so it's just like this when you're backpack hunting, ex- except you don't have a truck. So you got to walk everywhere and then there's no water. So you got to get that. And I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, get her the idea of how much it, it's going to suck because I, I don't want her to like not have any fun at all, but. I think if we take our time or whatever, it'll be okay. I don't have to see. Do you think Emily would be down for that? Yeah, she definitely would, man. She uh, 
we'll have a good time regardless. I mean, it'll be fun, especially if we both already killed critters. The pressure will be off a little bit. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. What? That's one thing nice with going on the easier hunts with Amy. When I say easier, the non-physically taxing hunts and not, you know, you don't have that much, you know, she gets cold. She can just go get in the truck. Right. Um, you know, or, or whatever. Although, if she runs pretty warm. Yeah, not in a tree. She fucking gets cold in that ground blind, dude. Like, she had a whoopee. Like, it, it literally, if there was a car wreck, she might have been okay if something ran into that fucking blind. She had so much clothing and shit on because she, <laughs> she gets cold. And I I don't, does Emily get stay cold or is she pretty warm all the time? She's pretty warm, man. She doesn't get super cold. Um, Her feet are kind of like mine in the sense her feet will get cold and once they're cold it is impossible to get them warm unless you pop them out of the boot and put them in something yeah yeah and i got amy down booties so oh that's like, smart well i just i you know how cold i get my feet and my hands so i'm like look you start to get cold throw hot hands in those down booties pull your boots off i was like turkeys ain't gonna give a shit just don't be walking around in there they're loud <laughs> um just to try because i don't want her to not i like that she goes so i don't want her to be unhappy she did she shot a turkey she killed a big one it had a nine inch beard i saw that man it was cool she's by herself too yeah um, she was telling me i think she told me the story on that one we were talking the other day because she she just uh helped me and emily sell and buy a house which was awesome so we talked about that she was pretty hype on it she tell you about the pig no oh fuck oh i about got her killed um <laughs> i didn't think she realized they'll fuck you up and so we were driving down there she she wanted to kill a pig more, more than a turkey, and turkey hunt started to suck. So I was like, hey, let's we'll, we'll go get Wes, get the dogs. I said, we'll spot – or no, we couldn't get Wes. We had we spot in stock for a couple of days. So the first time we went out, and she and I got on like a 350-pounder, and, and I didn't bring my bow because I knew what would happen. She'd have like a few-second window, and I'd say, fuck it, and kill it, and then she'd be mad at me. <laughs> so I left my bow in the truck, and uh, I'm doing the, okay, here's the terrain, and – the way the wind's blowing, we can cancel out the majority of this because they're not going to bet in the wind. They're going to, you know, be in shade. And so we can cancel out all this terrain. So my best bet is they're going to be bedded on this hillside. Walk right over there and like a fucking idiot, I blew one out. I didn't see it. Bedded right where I told her it'd be, except I'm retarded and I didn't see the fucking thing. So it pops up and she, she ducks down. She's like, was that it? And I'm like, my fucking God, it's giant. I'm like, load an arrow, load an arrow. And it, it went up. Curved to the left, well, we would have shot it right there, but she, she's just learning this shit. That, and, you know, you, that killer instinct you're born with or not, so she doesn't mind killing anything, but she certainly isn't that grip it and rip it immediately type. And so it's swerving left, and I'm like, don't worry, it's going to walk right in front of us. So it's it's pivoting, and she's beside me. Well, I can it's rounding its way broadside to us. And, if, you know, of course, I'm trying to stay calm, but I'm also like, kill that fucker, shoot it, shoot it shoot it right and right. uh she can't see it that well and and i i never i didn't leave i left out the fact that it's a pig and they have no soul and you can do whatever you want to them which i'm sure sounds horrible to people listening but i'm like just get a fucking arrow in it and it's broadside and she's like and it starts to walk away i'm sure i'll get hatred for this i'm like shoot it and she's like where i'm like just hit it and we'll kill it we'll find it because i don't think people a lot of people don't realize Female pigs can have six to 12 piglets. They can have two uh, a year, two, two whatever that's called. What is that called? Two litters Yep. a year. And by the time they're having the second litter, their first litter is having babies. And so their fucking things are a nuisance, right? <laughs> so yeah, she fl everywhere. flings an arrow at it. No pig. 
we, we, she missed it. No big deal. Well, we got on that with the dogs and, um, driving down the road and they run across the road. It's like six piglets and a huge sow. And they're like, they're, I say piglets, they're like 50 pounders. Well, we think that the dog's probably getting get on a piglet. And I'm like, well, that's 50, 75 pounds. So we'll have her shoot one of those. It got on the mom, dude. And that fucking mom came out of the bushes. And I was like, oh, Jesus, honey, that's a big <laughs> one. And she didn't know they charged. I thought I told her. She says I didn't. I know I told her, actually. So <laughs> Trying to collect that life insurance. <laughs> dude, that thing came straight at her. And I'm reaching back, trying to grab her. I mean, it's it's coming like the one that ran at me. I had to jump over the one that ran at me. But she just froze. She didn't, like, panic. She's just like, oh, there's a pit coming. <laughs> Fucking swerves right by her. And Scotty's like, Jesus, you got to get. I was like, yeah, we, get behind us. Like, don't. You're, they will fucking rip your leg open because they got those big tusks. Even yeah. the sows have them. Anyway, we got down on it. And she ended up shooting it a couple times. And then it got in the canyon and killed it. And uh, she was ecstatic. And we t- took some of the meat off of it. And I was like, hey, look, these things fuck you up right so casey west uh, scott uh scotty is um he owns topo texas outfitters his son is west and uh west was a long time cowboy he runs a ranch now and his son who's gonna be hell on earth right this kid's he's been on probably 200 hog hunts i, I think he's he's like eight yeah. seven right so uh he, you know he's there casey so the moment i say these things can fuck you up. Casey's like, there's this one time, Dad, remember when the one hog and it ripped the nut off the one dog and the dog had one nut and then that other dog had one eye? Uh, it, but you had to push it back in. It still had the eye, but it couldn't see. You know how kids are. Right. And Amy's like, I'm like, honey, these things are, are mean. So it was it was good for but we'll have to have you and Emily come down at some point. It's a kick in the ass. Yeah, no, we're down, man. That'd be, that'd be a ball. Yeah. So what? Um, what uh, as far as like, you know, hunts here – how long did it take you to kill something? Uh, my second season, um, and of course, elk. They're I just I'm obsessed with them. They're my favorite thing to hunt. Um, but I, my first year was pretty much a learning year. I was walking, hiking a lot of areas, trying to find them, you know, and trying to figure out you know, how they move, if you can pattern them. I didn't know shit from good chocolate, you know, when it came to hunting them. So my second year, um, I killed one. And then I've killed one every year after that, except for maybe one, one season I, I was skunked. And as far as the other critters, like antelope took me a few years. I hunt over the counter. Um, I hunt a really high pressured unit because there's not a ton of public on the east out here open. Those took me a few years. Um, I've shot a couple of those. And then I think to get consistent with killing Western big game, it, it took four or five, six years. You know, the last, the last couple of years have been really good for me. And that's the thing. I think a lot of I think a lot of people, when they get into it, the reason they don't start becoming consistent is because they they tap out early. Man, it's a it's a mind fuck. You know how it is when you've when you put blood, sweat, and tears into whatever you're chasing, and you don't get it done for four or five years, and then you say, "Well, fuck this. I just go buy it in the supermarket." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it gets tough for for guys. Um, I was I had a podcast with Eastman's the other day. They have a, a new thing called Tag Hub. It basically just unfuckulates all the states to draw tags. But I was I was asking, um, did you when you came out here? Did you have the delusions of, uh, or maybe false hope um, from too many TV shows that it was going to be easier than it was, or were you pretty 
keen on the fact you're going to get your ass kicked for a few years. No, I had some false hope for sure. I mean, it's <laughs> it's all romanticized on TV and on YouTube, like bulls screaming in every basin, elk everywhere. It is not that way. I mean, sure, are there areas that way? Is there pockets that are honey holes? Absolutely. You can find areas like that, um, even on over-the-counter tags. But I was fully expecting, because I grew up hunting, that I would hike around, I'd find a critter, and I'd kill it my first season. That's how confident I was. And then reality slapped me in the face. Yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about. You get the guys like, uh, that go to a gym and I was a personal trainer and they're like, look, I don't want to look like Arnold. I'm like, well, don't Good, fucking worry. You never you, will. You never will. <laughs> like, it takes a lot of work, time and effort and hunting's the same way. And it's not the person's fault. Right. I'm not, I'm not downplaying for all the, those are that have, have said like, you know, I'm not looking for a, 350 bull i'm just looking for a good representation of the species and i'm like well i've hunted elk my whole life and uh, i still shoot raghorns so you might be starting off a little bit big right for public land if you got money for landowner tags or you know somebody's private land it's a little bit different but um you know guy was talking about you know they get a lot of people that have hunted 8 10 12 years and not you know killed one with a bow or even with a gun you know, be, because, you know, they don't have time to come out and scout or, or, or whatever. And I was curious about that. That's why I asked, because I blamed it on Primos, uh, the truth one through 20 or whatever it is now of, I live out here and you watch that. How many times would you say in a season and you, and you hunt enough, like when I say an average guy, you got a job, um, just like I did. How many times in a season would you say you get the true calling sequence where something's coming in? Twice. Yeah. And yeah, I would say average twice. Some years are better. You know, you might three or four, you know, one year we called in two, two bulls, three days apart. We both killed them. There were 315, 320 type bulls, but that was a anomaly for that area. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you can hit that magic circle of life where you just get into a rut fast. Um, yeah. and I'd say that's probably once out of every five to 10 years, maybe where you hit uh, that's a rough guess. You can't do anything wrong, right? They're screaming, flying in. There's multiple bulls. Obviously a hot cow is in the area. People need to be aware if you're coming out for seven to 10 days, there's a good chance you may not fucking see an elk. Um, yeah. And <laughs> you may not call one in. I mean, sure. Some years we call them in, they come in silent. Um, and we kill them or we don't. Um, but if you like for actual screaming, working a bull for hours, shadowing the herd and getting him to finally commit that might happen once or twice a season if you're for me as, as an average guy if i'm lucky i don't even hunt out that often anymore now because we're focusing on other animals but i i'd killed a, a a string of elk a lot of raghorns uh and a lot of lisby cows but i hunt um for years when i didn't draw a tag i hunted above tree line for what we're talking about you know, through, through the years learning elk, I shouldn't even say this, stay the fuck out of tree line, people. Don't, there's no elk up there. But when you go above <laughs> tree line early season, if you're fit enough, you can generally find them in their summer feeding patterns those first few days of season and sneak in and kill them. And so that's pretty much what I did because I'm like, this calling shit doesn't always work. You have to wait till later in the season and they're more pressured because you have all the people that come out and hunt. So I would hunt up high a lot and I probably killed eight or nine elk in a row at 
almost 12,000 feet. That Colton, that first year, I shot that one like five minutes into the right. season. We were above tree line. I mean, we were on one last patch of bristle comb after he got done winging arrows at all kinds of shit and let me shoot. That is a very real, that's a very viable way. The one thing I would say with that is fitness is far above in, in animal behavior and being smart because, you know, those elk go back, they're in a huge herd, generally. They go back into the tree line and they, they bed in the tree line and then you're not going to still hunt them and kill them very often. So you got to wait for them to come back out. The wind has to be right. So you got to be very calculating. Have you killed most of yours a little mixed bag or, or calling them? Most of them the same way you just described. I mean, I, uh, it's probably unpopular opinion, but I like the first week of the season better than the rest. I like them dumb. Yep. I like them dumb. I like them unmolested. Um, and yeah, above tree line, I mean, don't get me wrong, it has its own challenges. When you're above tree line, there is no cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to be a sneaky ninja and get to them. But it's a, like you said, they're on their summer pattern. Um, and you see a lot of elk is the other thing. Like if you want to talk about getting excited to hunt elk, early season is where you see the most. Mm-hmm. I do get, <laughs> as I'm making, and I only laugh at all this because I was, it's, I'm from out here. I've hunted since birth, and I still had went through all the same shit that all everyone has within reason. Meaning, I used to pack a spotter for elk, and you still can. But the reality is, you're going to shoot the first fucking thing you see. So why are you packing a spotter? Save the weight, pack more food. And so there's a few hunts I went in when we were hunting like dog hair thick timber. I, it's embarrassing to say I I didn't bring binoculars because I didn't want to carry the weight to to get in there, but Above tree line on a tripod or, or even handheld, you know, off your knees, you're going to be able to tell if something has horns or not. You, there's a there's a four-point restriction on over-the-counter tags here. You're going to be able to tell enough, and that's all you're going to need to tell because if you're coming from, you know, Michigan, Vermont, Wisconsin, wherever, uh, Iowa, and you're coming out west, you know, you're probably not listening to this podcast for info if you're an expert. You're listening to it to laugh, so you're disregarding what I'm saying. If you're coming out... Shoot the first legal thing you can find. Cow, calf, bull, whatever, I think, uh, just to build up the experience. And the pack out is part of it. And how much did that suck uh, as we're talking through this? How, did, how, how much your first bull you killed, how much of a dick kick in the dick was that getting it out? It sucked. I mean, it was, uh, I would say my first elk I killed was a cow, and I I've always broke down and taken care of my own animals. So that for me was just. You tell the story, I'm going to pee. Yeah, another another day. But getting it out, especially by yourself, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge if you've never done it before, especially if you're a long ways away. Um, and then my first bull, we'd actually killed a bull three days prior, um, some ridiculous amount of miles from the truck. It was kind of stupid. It took us two days to get it out. Um, and then I killed one three days later. So it was back to back miles on miles packing out. And I don't think my, my bottom of my feet were prepared for the callus that was about to consume. Bottom of my feet were yellow for (laughs) the next four months. Um, but as far as as far as weight and stuff, you know, I was fortunate enough to to meet Aaron early enough on where he had taught me to train a little bit with some weight in my pack, um, you know, how to adjust packs, how to carry a load and stuff like that. So as far as the getting it out and the packing wasn't that bad, um, 
but it's the other stuff you don't expect. You know, you're battling heat, especially in early season, um, and you're battling how much will fit in your pack. A lot of guys will say, yeah, you know, carried 140 pounds off the mountain. Yeah, that is possible, especially in, in these big kafarus, and I have done it, 130, 140 pounds. But doing that more than once, you know, in a four- or five-day span, your ass is going to be whipped. Yeah, and I think that um... – for me, I can carry you out downhill for ever, really. It's when the downhill goes away and there's uphill. I always make fun of internet weights. The internet weight of, you know, I packed 150 out. There's not many people, any humans can even pack 150, let alone out for a mile or two. You can do it. Um, but I, when I say most, it takes a certain body type. It actually takes more, I think, of a mental, um, you know, a, a certain numb area that you can put your your brain into to to go but as as Cody was saying the fact of fitting that much meat in a pack is it takes a big ass pack to fit 140 pounds of meat in oh yeah Um, not only that most bulls you're only probably going to get 180 out of an average Colorado bull maybe two what 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 are you getting for for meat out of most of your bulls like 200 basically yeah yeah, that 190 to 210 range deboned yep yeah and how I found, and I've ran this across multiple butchers and everything else, if your elk is a 1,000 pounds on the hoof, which is a fucking giant unicorn of an elk, you get 300 pounds roughly out of it, Um, deboned, roughly. So you figure most Colorado bulls, I would say, are are 500 pounds. And when I say Colorado bulls, a a three-and-a-half-year-old bull is five to 600 pounds. So that's 180 pounds of meat. And that's that's roughly plus or minus. You take rib meat, neck meat, things like, you know, all the different stuff. So that's why I always say 180 to 200 is kind of something you should think about that you're going to get 210, like you said. So if you you break that down, if you went in with 60 pounds of shit, all right, and you ate 10 of that, <laughs> you got 50 pounds of shit. Well, if you take half the elk out, that's 140 pounds with your buddy if it's 180 pounds of, of meat. And... I would say, well, what's Emily weigh? She's skinny as shit right now, 100 like pounds? 100, 120 pounds. Okay. So if your wife weighs 140, throw her ass up on your shoulders and go pack her for three miles on pavement. Let me know how you do. It's bad. Yes. It takes a long-term toll on the knees and on the body and the back. And we do a lot of training hikes and things, um, but we don't ever go. I don't anymore. I used to. 50 pounds, 55 pounds is about the most I carry because I just don't know that it helps. doesn't do anything for your body to carry 100 pounds in training. I don't, I don't know that it helps that much. I, I agree with you. I think all you're doing is hurting yourself long term. I mean, I'm a 45-pound guy. 45 pounds in the pack is basically where I, where I max out. Unless we're doing a flat ground, me and you, five or six-mile loop, asphalt ruck. You know, then we yeah. 60-65. Well, and I, I, you know, of course, t- my 10-year-ago self would be telling myself I'm wrong right now um, because my 10 to 15-year-ago self was carrying weight like that. But now I'm living with my current self, and my current self is fucking sore all the time, and my knees hurt. <laughs> and so I would have been better off not doing that. One of the funniest stories I tell people about you, remember when that huge hurricane motherfucker, we did cardio, Dan? Oh, yeah. From, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dan is a... I would say a Greek god, physical fitness. He's got an eight-pack. Yeah, the dude's jacked. Um, we we got to, and I'll tell this story, and then you tell me if I'm telling it correctly because I've told this many times. So if it's incorrect, I've been telling it wrong. 
we get there and we're racing up the fire road, which is, I'm kind of a one trick wonder, but I can hike like a motherfucker. I can't run. I can't do pistol squats. You're not going to see me doing any shit like kip ups or anything like that. But you put 50 pounds on me, I can haul ass. We get there. There's a few guys. Yeah, it's like four or five of us. Yeah. Yeah, there might have. Actually, I think there were six. Was there? Yeah. Or maybe in seven. But we get there, and and Dan, one, did not pay attention to detail because I said 45 pounds. Yeah. And he had, I think, 15 extra. He did, yeah. For the fuck of it. I have no idea why. So he looks at me and says, okay, where's the top? And I was like, you mean like you're, you're, you're going to beat me? And I, I was fucking with him. And I was like, all right, it's just up this road. You'll see. So we take off, and he kept up with me for like 200 yards, maybe 300. Now, I'm not saying this to brag because I hike this every day. I'm in an advantage, and, and I, this is something I'm good at. If, if we did anything else, Dan would beat the shit out of me because the dude's a freak. And you have a stride like a giraffe, man. It's unreal. Yeah, I've got a stride like a 38-inch inseam, dude, and I don't. Insane. So I take off. I can hear him breathing, and I'm like, okay, I, I got him. So I got ahead of him. Frank was there. And you just walk. Cody doesn't get into the big penis thing. He just gets the fuck top of the hill. So <laughs> I look and you're smiling. You've caught Dan, right? Yeah. You were, <laughs> and you looked up at me on the hill and had this shit eating grin on your face. You started to run. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking almost beat him. Yeah. You remember that? Yep. I do. It's funny. Did I tell that story somewhat accurate? That's yeah, completely accurate. Yeah. He had, <laughs> he definitely had more weight than me. Uh, Dan's a tough SOB. Um, but yeah, I, I do remember that, man. It was, uh, it was a funny day. <laughs> well, and the dude's just a freak of 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 nature, um, fit, fitness wise. He, he's uh, un, unbelievable as far as like I see some of it in Instagram feeds with CrossFit and shit. And you know, the thing that uh, one of the reasons I brought this up is Cody, you ride a mountain bike and occasionally work out and hike. Yep. Right. Uh, you drink way too much beer. Oh yeah. Um, you kill shit every year. <laughs> you never have an issue. <laughs> um. There's something to be said for a happy medium. And I go to the gym. I have a gym in my house. I go to the gym every day. I love working out and I train all the time. But animal behavior, common sense, and field craft, as much effort, probably more, needs to put into that than fitness. Fitness will help. There's no doubt. But if all you're going to do is blow out animals, you're just, you're not going to kill any. You've got to put the total you know package in. And I, I'd say that's one of the reasons you've been so successful. You You stay in shape, but... I mean, you're definitely, what do you work, 12 hours a day? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, kind of fucked on that one. I mean, just because if, I let's say I can get to the mountain 20 minutes uh, before you, I probably scared off animals on the way that you're shooting that I blew out. So there's something to be said for some common sense when you get to the top of the hill. Yeah, I agree, man. There's definitely middle ground. Um, like Aaron said, I am not any sort of fitness freak. I stay in good enough shape to get up the mountain and not feel like a piece of shit when I get there. And that's about it. Like, yeah. I mean, I can look at a hill and say, I will get there. It just might take me <laughs> twice as long <laughs> as it would take Aaron. <laughs> Tell the story of, uh, when we were scouting for your mountain goat with, uh, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude. Yes. I drew a, a mountain goat tag in, in 2016 and, uh, we're headed up in and it was, it was like a boulder field, man. We were crossing, um, to get up into that basin and you had to like hopscotch from rock to rock, and they're like Volkswagen sized boulders. Yeah, and if you fell down in the crack, it, you were gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get jammed up. wasn't gonna be good. And uh, we're hiking with the dude, and we get halfway across it. We hear him start yelling. I think it was it was me, you, and Colton. 
uh, Frank, Frank Colton. Yeah, in in uh, in him, in him. Yeah. yeah, and so we get across, and he's like, "Hey guys, I think I'm just gonna stay down here and fuck around for a couple days." <laughs> we were only like a half mile from the <laughs> yeah. truck. We were like, "What?" Um, and uh, we're like, "Oh, come on, man, it'll be all right." And I guess he he must have a phobia with with the boulders, man, because crossing that field, I thought he was gonna, I thought he might kill over and die. But once he got past it, he was all right. But well, we we went in there and um, you drew a nanny tag in there, didn't you? I did. Yep. Yeah, we went in there and we saw, you know, goats. It was more of a fitness. We stayed one night, I guess, in there and showed you the area or whatever. But you didn't end up ended up killing it in that area. You killed it in another area. I can't remember. Did I tell you about that, or did you find the other area? Yeah. So me and you were supposed to leave for that hunt the next morning, and um, something came up with you, your schedule. I was on the governor's tag. That's right, the governor's tag. And so you're like, dude, I'm sorry, I got a bail. And I was like, no worries. So we sat down, went to Google Earth, and you're like, you might try this spot too. And me and Casey went in there, I think a day before season, and found just a pile of goats. And ended up, I ended up shooting one with a bow. It was actually on a rifle tag, but I killed it with a bow um, opening day. It It was a cool hunt, man. The experience was different than I thought it'd be, but it was still a blast. Yeah, the the thing with, um, like, I don't think anything would have changed other than I can judge a goat, uh, and I might have helped with that. But oh, other yeah. than that, all the same, it's hard to tell those little fuckers apart. Um, when you go on a goat hunt in Colorado, it's not if you're going to kill a goat. I mean, you're going to kill a goat. It's a matter of, do you shoot a tame one off the side of the road, the adventure, how long you want to make it happen? Because if you're fit enough, I should say, you're going to, you're going to kill a a goat. And where you went, I was actually in there two or three years earlier, I think. And, uh, that's one of those almost died stories. We got 70 mile an hour winds and a blizzard. You couldn't walk upright. We had to hide behind a rock and wrap a wooby around. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, that was fourth season though, but you end up killing that thing on a crazy ass, you on a big slope, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, I mean, and, and you're right. Like you can, in that unit, you can shoot goats off the side of the road, and that's just something I wasn't willing to do. Um, so we went in a couple of miles, and it was steep as shit, and uh, stalked in, shot it, and it was – the photos, if you look on my Instagram, like, it is steep, steep. And I shot it. The herd blew out. I was like, you know, where'd she go? And I'm running across the side of this fucking shale <laughs> mountain <laughs> with another arrow knocked. Like I got to get another arrow in. And the shot was a little back. It was a it was a sixty something yard shot. Um, and all of a sudden I hear something blow me. She blows out and she was fucking running. I shot her twenty seven <laughs> yards. I ranged it after twenty seven yards on the run and just fucking pinwheeled her. And I watched her tumble from the top all the way to the bottom <laughs> of the drainage. And uh, Casey's like, well, this is going to fucking suck. And uh, I'm like, yeah. Did you have to go all the way up over the top to get back? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. I, well, you saw that one, how far that one fell in Canada with me at 2,000 yeah, feet. Bomb. Oh, good Lord. It, it, it fell for four minutes. It just didn't stop <laughs> it. It was crazy. But that's the thing with the- It's like Tommy Boy, or is it Black Sheep when he's rolling down the mountain? <laughs> yeah, Black Sheep. Yeah, it's it's cool though. And uh, people, you know, you get especially the that, that specific crowd that um, I had somebody message me once, you know, a hater about- uh, can you not tell the difference between billies and nannies? And I'm like, yeah, we, we, we try not to break the law here. You fucking moron. Um, <laughs> they're nanny tags. So I, I can't say if you would have asked me 
a long time ago, I probably would have said it was a bad idea, but there's something to be said for the population of goats in Colorado and we harvest nannies every year. Um, and the population's doing extremely, you know, well, and the DOW decided to, to do it. And the one time I probably would have said it was a bad idea, but Last year, I had a good, I, I'd shot Billy's before and I had a good chance of getting a nanny tag. I want to take Amy. Uh, I put in for a nanny tag and drew it and fuck, man, it was a cool ass hunt. Um, you know, I, most guys can't tell gals, guys, whatever the difference between the two. And for me, it was more about the adventure. I was able to take Luke, you know, Cadillo, who's a fucking nut. He's funnier than shit. Yeah. Um, and so I, a lot of people don't understand the nanny thing, but it's working in Colorado. There's not a shortage of nannies or goats in general. Yeah. And people, um, like you'll see online, they get pit or some groups get pissed about shooting nannies like anything else. Don't shoot females. Look, if it's legal in the state and you can get a tag, it's more easily acquired and you get the experience of hunting the critter instead of waiting 25 years when you're old and fat and out of shape. I say, do it. I mean, Whatever. In my lifetime, I started putting in here when I was 21 or 22. I was fortunate enough to draw a tag in four or five, six years. I'll get another chance to hunt them again, and then I'll probably wait for a a billy. You know, you might only get one or two opportunities your whole life to to hunt them in this state. Yeah, it takes a a while, but... Um, well, man, we're working on an hour and actually Cody and I are going to do a podcast after this one with, with Brent Burns, who I know nothing about hockey and it sounds like Cody is equal in my knowledge, but I guess Brent plays for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, he's one of the better defensive men, uh, in the league, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like it cause he has no teeth up front. And I asked him. And he said, fuck it, I'm not going to get implants until uh, I retire because I just keep getting them knocked out, which <laughs> seemed, makes very good sense to me. But he's a bow hunter and uh, looks like he's going to be an interesting dude. So, well, man, I can't thank you enough for the the friendship. I have to say, no bullshit, there's probably five people I trust on the planet and you're you're one of them. So I, I appreciate that and always being there for me. And uh, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you. All right, cool.